Good morning, church. Thank you so much, the Lord. So good to see all of you in the house of the Lord this morning. You know, the Bible says that the house of prayer is a house of joy. And you are supposed to be joyful in the house of prayer. Amen. But I only see three fellas smiling. I think one, Bill must be smiling inside that mask. <laughs> Praise God. You know, what we are looking at today is releasing the power of God, the kuasa Tuhan, through doa dan puasa, through fasting and prayer. Releasing the power of God through fasting and prayer. It is, in a sense, releasing the ability of God, releasing the presence of God around us. Amen? Let's look to God in prayer this morning. Father, you are a good God, and we thank you for your presence in our midst, in this church, in this auditorium, as well as where those are connected online, Father. You are right here in the midst of us. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your own way in our midst. That this morning, you would take control, Holy Spirit, you would manifest your power, your glory, and your presence over your church. And today, Lord, tweak the words, Lord, between my mouth and the ears of my brothers and sisters, that this will be your words, to meet them at the point of their needs, at the point of their respective needs, and even, Lord, to align them and recalibrate them in accordance to your will and purpose for each one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. NECF, uh, the National Evangelical Christian Fellowship in Malaysia, organizes a 40 days of fasting and prayer every year. And practically every church, the body of Christ in Malaysia joins them to partner with them in prayer. The team for the fasting and prayer event or initiative this year is urgency of the times. As we know, these are indeed urgent times. These are indeed, in a sense, we hear this in churches, that these are the last days. I seriously think these are the last of the last days. So many things are happening out there that never happened before. I mean, if you look at what has even happened to our economy, you know, Essentially, you know, in roughly five, in the past five to six years, our foreign debt has doubled. That's unprecedented before this, right? But there is good news. There is, there is good news because we are in Christ. We are in, you know, the hands of the master of the universe, the king of kings and the lord of lords, the one that we worship this morning whose presence is right here, right now. And even as I share, I want you to connect with the Lord. I want you to personally connect with the Lord and ask the Spirit of God to speak to you. Amen? Let there be no distractions. Let not your mind wander today. Ask God to give you focus. Even as I'm sharing this word, preaching to you, I'm also preaching to myself so that God will speak to me through His word this morning. Because, you see, God's word is fresh every day. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. A present continuous thing. Not the word that proceeded, but the word that proceeds. Amen. And so this morning, let us look to the 
Lord to speak to us. The standard words, why are we coming into this place to fast and to pray? We all know Second Chronicles 7.14 when Solomon dedicated the temple uh, and God appeared to him and spoke to him in answer to his prayers in the previous chapter, Second Chronicles 6. He asked God to be merciful to turn the people back to him if they fell away from God. And this is what God said. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. This is why the church is seeking the face of God, fasting and praying to seek God. But why come together? Psalm 133. We know that when all of us come together, it's not about one plus one plus one becoming two, three, or four. It's multiplied many times more because of the giftings and the talents that God has placed in our lives. It becomes a synergy of sorts, okay, that increases the power and the presence of God exponentially in that place. Psalm 133, let's read it together. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil of consecration poured on the head, coming down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron, coming down upon the edge of his priestly robes, consecrating the whole body. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon coming down on the hills of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Amen. 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 What does unity do? Obviously the opposite of what disunity does. The enemy tries to divide us, fragment us, so that we cannot function to our full purpose. Sometimes a church can be doing all the right things having all the right people in that place. But when they are not united, then they will never be able to attain that hundredfold increase, even that 60-fold increase, or even the 30-fold increase of what God wants to do in that church. Why? You have everything in place physically. You got the programs, you got the people, but you don't have a united church. Not, it's not about a united front, but that unity comes from a unity in spirit. Then everything else falls into place. I mean, when you look at terminal illnesses, I was talking to a doctor friend of mine some time ago, and he was telling me, you know, when it comes to terminal illnesses, it is the body fighting against itself. Right? There is no cohesion or uh, unity within the body. And when that happens, Sickness sets, you know, kills the body. The body goes into a state of entropy and decay and dies, right? The same thing with a church. The same principle applies. When there is no unity, right? We implored, we start attacking. Thank you. With the enemy, we would look at each other as the enemy. 
and sometimes when God prepares a table for us in the wilderness because of disunity we end up toppling the table the table that God has set for us right sad but true but what does unity do when God's people are united God releases a blessing because God cannot break His word. You turn, we turn around and ask, God, why are you not blessing us? We are praying, we are fasting, we are doing all these things, right? But when there is no unity, when church A calls for a fast, we say, ah, you know, they're not. Bukan sama gang. So, we would do something else by ourselves. When we start doing that, we get fragmented, we get weaker and weaker. And the enemy has a field day. Why am I telling you this? See, when we pray, when we go into this 40 days of fasting and prayer this year, let it not be like previous years. Do not think that, ah, you know, if I slack a bit here, it's okay, next year I can catch up or something like that. You may not have next year. Have you ever considered that? You may not have next year. I'm not saying that you'll go back to with Jesus or anything like that. Think about it. Am I making sense to you? Yes? The one person says that I'm making sense. That's it. Yeah? This could be the only opportunity God gives us to impact this time frame, this space, this window season, and the people in it. When we come together to seek the face of God, when we come together in our fasting and our prayer, when there is this alignment, we see God's blessing released over a nation. We see God's blessing over our homes, we see God's blessing over our families, over our communities. Someone was asking me uh, quite recently, he said, you know, we are praying for the nation, right? So, what about personal needs? What about the needs of my family, the needs of my community and all that? Well, my, my answer would be, where do you live in this nation, right? So, we would be praying for you. We would be praying for your family because if the people who are coming to pray have got challenges and they are weak and they are beaten and bruised and battered, how can they pray for a nation effectively? First, pray for yourself. That's why later when we look at our 40 days altars, there are basically going to be two altars. One would be on two physical altars, that is, on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights here, 8.30 to 10 8.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. And on Saturdays, again, Saturday would be morning, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. The only anomaly of sorts would be the altar that we would be having on the 11th of August because of election, as Brother Zillow mentioned earlier. So we'll be having one Friday altar in that 40-day period. And that would be this coming Friday. We will start off our Wednesday altars this coming Wednesday as well, right? So, why coming together? Why the unity? Because it is when we are united that God commands a blessing. I mean, when you look at uh, Ephesians 4, verse 16, it talks about coming together, the coming together of the whole body so that when every part does its work, the body functions perfectly. For the lack of a better expression, like cloth work, right? But when every part does its job, then the body functions perfectly, operates well, right? 
as it ought to. But when one, one organ or one part shuts down, we have problems, right? The same thing happens where the body of Christ is concerned. Uh, let's just look at Ephesians 4.16 to come into this, this particular, uh, what do you call it, aspect of unity is the slipstream effect, okay? Uh, so let's read Ephesians 4.16 together first. For because of Him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it, was, it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. In case you're wondering, all references are from the Amplified Translation of the Bible. So it may be a bit different from the New King James or the NIV or the ESV. Yeah? They are all from the Amplified Translation of the Bible. Um, if it is NKJV, I'll tell you later. So no worries. Right. You've seen this geese flying in the sky in a V formation, right? Correct? Why do they even do that? To reduce the air friction. That's so right. Why do they do that? They do that to create what we call a slipstream effect where the lead goose or the lead bird is kind of like cruising and cutting through the friction. But it's taking additional load because that bird is the first one in front, right? Whereas the other birds that are flying behind it have it that much easier. And then that bird goes to the back. And another bird replaces, re replaces it at the lead. And they do that. They go this way and this way. They go back and forth, left and right, until they reach their destination. And it cuts their destination up to 20 to 30%. Some, uh, it depends on which uh, documentary you watch or which... Uh, bird expert you kind of like <laughs> follow. One of them even said up to 50%. I don't know, but I'm sure that there is an increased efficiency where that is concerned, right? So what do they do? They create a vacuum so that the birds following the leader can fly much faster. They, spend, they expend lesser energy and effort. So collectively, they reach that place faster they reach that place with lesser energy and effort expended. Good, right? The interesting thing is this. This is called a slipstream effect, and there is something called the slipstream of the Holy Spirit. When the church prays, when many, many churches, the whole body of Christ in Malaysia comes together to pray, do you notice that the atmosphere over the nation, the atmosphere over a city, the atmosphere over your lives change. During these 40 days of fasting and prayer, compare the number of accidents on the road, compare the number of deaths and, and disasters that are happening, and you'll see that they would reduce. But if you are deliberate and you really follow what is happening and you pray into those things, then you'll be tapping into that sleep stream of the Holy Spirit. 
Like the slipstream of the Holy Spirit, there is also a demonic slipstream. When you read about accidents, when you read about plane crashes, there's not just one isolated incident, right? There's always, in a week, you might see three, four plane crashes. There's one time in April, we were checking out local news. In the space of three weeks, there were 28 drowning deaths in Malaysia. 28 drowning deaths, okay? 16 of those were children below the age of five. Accidental? Yes, of course. But caused by what? Negligence and other issues. But that is a demonic slipstream where a spirit of wickedness is able to penetrate that space and create chaos. That's why we look out for these things and, and the prayer team, we pray to stem this tide of darkness, decreeing the word of God to reverse those things. We talk about fires. It's not just one fire. It happens many places. Kebakaran di sana, kebakaran di sini. Have you all seen the, have you all even checked out the news lately? You know what I'm talking about, right? Plane crashes here, plane crashes there. They all come in sequences, right? Why? Because of a demonic slipstream. But there is a slipstream of the Holy Spirit that we are bringing in. It's not just for these 40 days. Okay? It's something that we have to push on and maintain. That's why we are coming together to fast and pray. And so when we come together to fast and pray, we tap onto this slipstream of the Holy Spirit where there is a divine synergy. And this is where when you, you know, I'll just give you an example of this. I was talking to a friend of mine a few years ago during the 40 days of fasting and prayer when we were back in the mother church. And he told me this. He said, bro, you know what? During this time, I always see breakthroughs. I always see breakthroughs. And it is so much easier to pray. The number of salvations, he was praying for his father-in-law who was, in his own words, an obstinate man. <laughs> I didn't say that. He said it. I told him I might share it this morning. And he said, go ahead. But God reached out to him during that season. He just went and spoke to him and said, if you die, you'll go to hell. Surrender your life to Jesus. I'm paraphrasing it, but this is what he said, roughly. And that man just gave his life to Jesus. And the person, you know, and he was shocked. He was really, really shocked. The thing is, when the adverse elements, the canopies of darkness over these people are removed, God's word is able to reach them. That's why when we pray, we pray for open first one open doors so that you can access their lives if you can't access the lives of your loved ones somebody else can access them with the gospel the door to their lives will be open second thing open minds why? so that they are able to exercise all their faculties in receiving that word evaluating the word of God to know that the offer of salvation from God the Father through His Son Jesus is the best there is. Any canopy of darkness, any mind-blinding spirit will be removed. And so they are able to see and choose clearly with all their faculties intact. Not when they are half spaced out or dazed or stoned, right? 
And then you pray for open hearts so that their hearts will be open to the Lord Jesus. And after that, you pray for open heaven. And say, why not open heaven over their lives first, right? No, no, no. Follow my logic <laughs> and the sequence. Finally, you pray for open heaven so that throughout their lives, once they have received the Lord, you are putting a hedge about them, a hedge of protection so that God's presence will be with them, nurture them, continue to grow them. And wherever they go, God will watch over them. We have prayed for some people. We have, you know, God has enabled us to minister, graciously enabled us to minister to some people who came to the knowledge of God. And we, when we employed this, for the lack of a better word, this tool, we've seen them grow. Even through very tough times, they have stayed focused. They have stayed focused. So we are praying for divine synergy in this time. We will see unparalleled breakthroughs. Write down your prayers. Write it down. Table it down so that when it is answered, you know that your prayers have been answered during this season. Right? Write it down. And then, you see when we pray and tap into this flow of the Spirit of God, you will see healing, deliverance, salvation. Manifestation of God's glory and power. You'll see darkness displayed, displaced. During this time, we have to come to this understanding. There is no one church that takes the that becomes the tip of the spear where God's move is concerned. No one person in a church becomes the tip of a spear where God's move is concerned. Yes, you've got your pastors, pastors who are your shepherds. But when it comes to praying and moving this forward, in a nation, different churches go, come to the forefront, become the tip of the spear at different seasons in these 40 days. As far as God is concerned, we are all equal in His sight. He loves us equally and He wants us all to step into different, different you know, diff at different seasons to step into that look, that place where the tip of the spear is. Okay? In a sense, it is different churches that will be spearheading the move of God at different times. Like the birds we, we, we saw earlier, right? Different birds will be the, will be the tip of that, that flight thing. So, that's what Ephesians 4 16 was talking about in a sense one of the one of my life slogans is this I learned it from my Sunday school teacher who told me no one of us has got it all together but all of us together have got it all that means when God puts a bunch of people together all of us have got different giftings different skill sets different talents no one is better than the other. We are all equal where God is concerned. We are all called to pull our weight equally. And when we do that in a church, in a ministry, in any place, God just releases His blessing. So what do we do in a church? We help one another, build up, not break down one another, build up one another, speak the word of God over one another, bless one another, and we grow one another. 
That's what we are called to do. If we start attacking one another, then all the demons in that vicinity will go for a holiday because the church is doing their work for free. So let's not give them any vacations. Let's just expel them out. Amen. And do what God wants us to do. Amen. How do we get to this place? How do we get to see the manifestation of the power of God? How do we effectively function in our specific assigned places of authority? How do we do that? The how is a threefold cord. I mean, of course, when, you get, when you're marrying someone, the minister says, your marriage is a threefold cord. You've got the husband, the wife, and God. Right? That's true. That's true. Okay? I was just trying to make this guy, the last guy I heard say it. It was really intense and very solemn. Okay. <laughs> thing is this. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, we read this interesting verse. It says, let's read it together. For though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And a threefold cord is not, Okay. That was typo. Sorry, I should have erased that. Maybe, I, maybe God wanted me to kind of like... Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I mean, that was a typo, right? But perhaps God wants me to look at it again. Just to emphasize it. So, you look at the threefold cord. The threefold what? Let's look at this. I'll just give you a quick summary of where I'm going into. In Mark 4, 8, you know, in, in, in Mark 4, we read about the parable of the sower, right? Jesus talked about different, different soils. And then he talks about the different levels of harvest. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. Correct? Okay. Now, let's read a bit. Matthew 6, verses 1 to 4. My emphasis will be on the highlighted uh, words in orange, but we can read it together. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. The highlighted words would be, when you do a charitable deed, when you do a charitable deed. Next one, on prayer. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard 
for there are many words. When you pray. The earlier one was, when you give. When you pray. And finally, Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So we saw the threefold cord. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Interesting, right? Someone asked me, is it necessary for us to fast? Is it necessary for us to fast? What do you, what do you guys think? Yes? Okay. It is, it is. We are not a fanatical church, but for you to have a normal relationship with a father, a normal, healthy relationship with a father God, with Father God. Fasting is very much part and parcel of your life. Jesus himself fasted, right? Huh? 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus himself fasted. Joshua fasted because when he was up there with Moses on the, you know, when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments, I don't think he had any food. He couldn't get McDonald's delivered up there. So I'm sure he fasted. Daniel fasted. Remember, he was fasting for 21 days. And, and when the angel, Gabriel, was able to reach him, he said that his fasting was what released Michael to intervene on his behalf. Fasting moved the angelic host to go battle on his behalf. And there are so many other examples in the Bible. Esther is one. Nehemiah was one. David himself fasted. So many instances, right? We see it in Scripture. We also have testimonies of what God has done and what God is doing even as we fast, when we fast. Amen. So, when the three becomes hundred, the threefold caught. Now, from threefold, it goes into hundredfold. How does that happen? Matthew 17, 14 to 18. Is, this is quite, a, what do you call it? A, an interesting passage, this whole thing. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Jesus rebuked them. He said, O faithless and perverse generation. This included his disciples, you know. This included his disciples, right? I went and checked out the meaning of not so much faithless. Faithless is pretty obvious. Lah. 
perverse generation because when you talk about perverse it's pretty bad right it's pretty heavy right but the the greek word perverse here had seven different renderings one of it was disconnected generation disconnected disconnected okay that's quite interesting let's move on to 17 Matthew 17:19 to 21 when the disciples came to Jesus privately and said why could we not cast it out so Jesus said to them because of your unbelief for assuredly I say to you if you have faith as a mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you however this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting interesting right this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting unbelief yes we understand The thing is was Jesus calling this fellas disconnected I mean he was calling them disconnected because they could not see the power of God at work they could not believe in the power of God that what that was released in that space what he had delegated to them they could not utilize because they did not believe that when they faced the slightest of resistance they did not believe number one God, jesus rebuked them for their unbelief they had they could not believe that child could be healed sometimes we come up to this place where um kita mengalami kebuntuan you know we hit the brick wall right and we say god what to do lah you know as if god himself can't help you we have our weaknesses we have our limitations but let's not superimpose it on god he is not weak he is not limited sometimes we have to just clean the lens so that we can see and catch a clearer picture of where god is and we do that by fasting we do that by prayer not so much about about you know to yes memang untuk mendapatkan kuasa to receive and tap onto the power of god but above everything else it is to be in this place of intimacy and communion with the lord to know the heart of god to know the mind of the lord to know what he wants to do in that situation to know his will that's what we need to do as we are going into this fasting and prayer that is where we should go that's the plan psalm 11 basically is you know getting to this place where when you read psalm 11 it said blessed is the is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful it is a progression right first he walks then he stands and watches and then he ends, ends up sitting correct it's a progression right correct same thing about seeking asking and knocking the final one is knocking you seek you ask and you knock so it goes from one level of intensity to another level to a higher level right so that's how we progress you give you pray you give you fast but the combination of these things is what brings the full manifestation of god's power into that place 
That's why we are called into this place to fast. Fasting combined with prayer is coming to a place of deep communion and intimacy with the Father. It is taking up a posture of total dependence, reliance, and obeisance. Honoring God, reverencing God. There are two references here that I have not included. Nevertheless, we want to take it down. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, where, where this unknown prophet comes to um, Eli, the priest of that time, and rebukes him because Eli did not rein in or manage his sons properly. And these guys were running wild and committing adultery with women even in the temple. And God said this through this unknown man of God to Eli, I will honor those who honor me. Those who dishonor me will be lightly esteemed. Interesting, huh? We want to be a people that honors God. Psalm 25 verse 14 talks about the fear of the Lord being the key to friendship with the Lord. Friendship with the Lord, according to the Living Bible, is reserved for those who fear Him. It's not those who love Him. It's those who fear Him. And it is to these people who fear the Lord that He reveals the secrets of His covenant. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, He will see to it that you and I have perfect knowledge of every situation. This is what God does. When you walk in the fear of the Lord, He will see to it that we have perfect knowledge of every situation. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear Him. To them, He reveals the secrets of His covenant. And of course, Isaiah 33 and verse 6, best rendering of this would be in the NIV, where it talks about getting into this place of power and strength, deliverance and salvation. And the key to that treasure would be the fear of the Lord. When we fast, we are telling God that, God, you are all I need. You are all I want. It's not about just singing the song, draw me close to you, but really living it out. Living it out. Amen. You're all I want. You're all I need. And I'm showing this to you. More than food. More than anything else. This is, this is our... This is the direction we are going in. Fasting. Coming into unity with the body of Christ. We want to see, the first thing is, there is a commitment we'll be doing after this. If you want to join in the fast only, if you're going to tell me, no, I don't want to, it's okay. We are not putting a gun to your head. It's between you and the Lord. Okay? But this is where we want to be. We want to prayerfully commit to a fast that God is leading us into. And as we choose the fast, the house would be, how do you do it? To know that God wants you to fast and to choose a fast that you are able to keep physically. If you feel that you are unable to physically for various reasons, it's okay. Go for something that you can do. Don't be super ambitious until you tabulela, you know. Be realistic. Ask the Lord to give you. You know, God has given us wisdom. God has given us something between our ears. <laughs> Let's use it. Amen. And ask the Spirit to guide us. Right? If you have a medical condition, please consult a doctor. Right? 
and, and let's be wise about how we are going about fasting. The types of fast. Okay, fasting is not fasting from chocolates. <laughs> not fasting from durians and, 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 and stuff like that. I had someone come up to me one day and tell me that he's got quite a few issues in life. And so he wanted to fast and pray. And I said, that's so good, bro. What are you planning to fast from? And how do you plan to fast? He said that he was going to fast watching TV. <laughs> very, very good. Very, very good. Very, very good. It's, it's really good. Sometimes when you look at social media and all that, you know, you just start scrolling a few things and then you check the time, 45 minutes have gone. You read online news, sports news especially, right? Sometimes I'm sitting there, I will tell you honestly, I'm, uh, you know, when you sit there, Denise will come and ask me, what are you doing? Oh, just checking football news. <laughs> then she'll come back, an hour later, I'm still there. <laughs> then she looks at me like that, okay. One look from your wife, almost like the Holy Spirit spoke to you, right? <laughs> so you'll get the message and you'll say, okay. And then you'll go and repent and say, oh God, you know, where did my 45 minutes go? Where did my hour go? And then you ask the fellas to come and pray for one hour in Dominate Altar, tak boleh. 30 minutes on Zoom to pray pun tak boleh. Tak boleh lah macam ni kan. We can't do that. We really have to get... Because that, that time that we have, right, is something that God has invested in us. Do you know the time that we have, the minutes that we have, is what God has invested in us. Let's utilize it for the best. If God comes back and says, I invested this much of years and minutes and hours into you, and these are my returns. Think about it. Seriously, right? So, a vegetarian fast would be abstinence from meat. You can manage it now. They've got vegetarian proteins and, and, and all that stuff. So, you can manage yourself. Vegetarian fast will be good. That doesn't mean you eat double. Lah. <laughs> you are fasting means you are abstaining from food. So you've got to manage that correctly and ask the Spirit of God to guide you. Liquid fast, no solid food, only juices, soups, or liquids. You would probably have to drink a lot more water at that, at that time. I know some friends who cheat. Okay. I'm not judging them. I tell them, you cheat. But because they go and take Ensure, you know, and NKL, right? That itself is a full meal. Uh. <laughs> you can go on. Another fast is a total or full fast. Abstain from food and drink. This is not recommended for you to go beyond two to three days in a stretch. How we do that Okay, also abstain from rich foods. You want to know about rich foods, you go and ask all the gods abundant fellas. <laughs> they will tell you. <laughs> Eating in excess, alcohol, anything that's going to hinder your intimacy with God. It may not just be food, other habits, other things. Use this as a means to remove those things from our lives. There is this slipstream of God's power and anointing in that, in, over this nation in this time. Use that to remove these things completely from our lives. 
Use that also to pray for those who have addictions, bondages, so that God would release it, release them, and remove those things from their lives. Amen. You can build yourself, if you're talking about a total fast sometimes, you can build yourself up to that place. Fast a little bit and build up in that 40 days period. The most important thing is not about being a champion in fasting. It's about living a fasted life. You can be going on a dry fast but thinking terrible thoughts and doing terrible things. Right? It shouldn't become something legalistic. It shouldn't become something about uh, a self, uh, what do you call it, elevating achievement of sorts. No. It is about honoring God and getting into that place where God and you are on greater intimate, intimate, uh, intimate terms. Amen? That's where we want to go into. Duration of fast. One or two meals daily. Daily. Skip lunch, skip dinner. It's not about, sorry, it's not skipping lunch. Take lunch, take dinner, okay? Not, not both, sorry. It's just skip one meal, skip one meal if you can, okay? Sometimes two meals means the fellas who have five meals a day, Malaysians. <laughs> you can skip two meals or even three. So for those fellas, take one or two meals. Lah. If you have five meals a day. Okay? Yeah, I know. When you get up and from the time you get up and when you go to sleep. Okay, let's not do that. Lah. <laughs> okay. So some people in this 40 days period, you maintain and increase your intimacy with God. But when they fast, sometimes we used to fast, okay, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Because when you're intently working out there, you need, to makan, you need to have some food. You really need to. It's really tough to. So that's when we fast. That means we fast 12 hours, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then after that, you eat something light. It's not like you go back and make up for whatever you, you missed. No, we, we, we don't do that, right? We don't do that. So you can fast one day a week. You can also fast two days a week or three days a week. It's on what you are able to do. There's no condemnation here. No one is looking, will be looking down on you and say, ah, you only fasted one day or you fasted three days. No such thing. When you fast, you do it thoroughly and properly. You say you're going to fast from 12 to 12. You want to take some drinks? Yeah, sometimes you need some fluids. Lah, okay? Don't end up killing yourself. That's foolishness. Okay? And then, the duration, normally sometimes in that 40 days, People choose 21 days to fast. Some of us meet family members, our, our moms and dads who, are, you know, who want to have dinner and, and fellowship with us. So sometimes what we will, Denise and I will do, sometimes we will, okay, Sunday or Saturday, one of these days, we will take a break in that time. Okay? It's not about, oh, ganti balik, ganti balik. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry about that. God will not send an angel to your doorstep and demand it from you. No ganti balik lah, right? Okay, so it's up to you. 21 days, 30 days, 40 days, even less than that. But what I want to tell you is, during these 40 days, live a fasted life. Live a fasted life. Okay, that's, that's the most important thing. And what do you, where do you want to be at the end of the 40 days? Write it down also. What do you want to see in your life? Write that down also. 
you know, one of the things God always reminds us, I'll just paraphrase it for you, is to get your business right with Him. Get your business right with God. Okay. Hybrid fasting. Sometimes you fast, you're on a vegetarian fast. The next day, maybe you want to go on a one meal fast. You do it consistently and you develop a pattern that suits you. Okay? That's what hybrid fasting is. Combining prayer with fasting. Set a fixed time and duration for your fasting, prayer and word. That means even as you're fasting, that time you used to makan, to eat, you can set it aside to read the word of God, to pray. Combine prayer with worship. You don't, if you can play an instrument and worship, praise God. But sometimes even you can't be carrying an instrument to your office or carrying an instrument when you're outside there. Just worship God. Reading the word can also be worship. You guys know that, right? Join our prayer altars, okay? We'll be going in to the prayer altars shortly. You've got your cards, right? You have, okay. There's some slight corrections on the card, but I'll take you through them quickly. Pray with others, family members, your prayer partners, cell members, even if they are from other churches or wherever, as long as they're believers and they are not sasat or sasak, right? <laughs> Lost or stuck. <laughs> Be careful, right? Because you must also know this. When you are in a place where God's word is spoken over your life, make sure whatever is spoken is God's word. Whatever is decreed over you lines up with the word of God. Do not be silent when someone is speaking something, some doom and gloom over you, reject it in the name of Jesus. Don't just, just receive it blindly. Because if you receive it blindly, remember, that is still consent. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. Right? A closed mouth is a closed destiny. Open your mouths and speak with the voice that God has given you. Amen? Pray with expectation. Pray expecting God to answer. It's not like, okay, I'm going to pray this and then next year also, you know, I'll, I'll be praying this. No. Expect God to answer. And exercise radical gratitude. Even for the smallest things to God and to others. Appreciate people. When you appreciate people, they are, you know, the, peop the people who are serving you, the people who you meet on a day-to-day -day basis. Thank God for them. Appreciate them. When was the last time you went and told the worship leader that she did a good job? I know Zillow did. No. See, sometimes people need encouragement. Wherever they be, alright? If you don't need encouragement, praise God, then you'll be in heaven already now. But a lot of people need encouragement. I went and spoke to my security guard uh, some days ago, and I just thanked him, you know, for the job he was doing. And he just teared up and he told me that, you know, this is the first time someone thanked him in a week. Of course, we, we, we meet the guard and tell him, in a week, they'd said anything nice to him. And I was like, wow, I did not walk away feeling 10 foot tall. I felt like God, you know, we need to, to carry this love of God and encourage the people around us. We are so quick to point out people's faults. And that is what is happening to this culture. They have changed so much because, you see, when you look at the sun, you'll shine forth his radiance. S-O-N. But when you look at anything other than the sun, 
There's nothing good there. There's nothing good there. Amen. And you know the allegory of the candlestick, right? If you're standing in this, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a space, let's say we are all standing in this building, we have all been allocated a specific space, all of us have got one can, uh, let's say a, a lighter, none of us smoke, perhaps uh, if you have got a lighter, just for the sake of the example, right? And we're all standing in this place and the, and the lights are completely off. So Sarah has got her lot, she lights up her lighter. That space around Sarah lights up, okay? And then Silka lights up hers. That space around Silka lights up. What happens if all of us flick on our lighters? This whole place lights up, right? When each one of us releases the presence of God, when each one of us taps into what God is doing and releases that presence of God, we can transform the community. We can transform this nation. Again, coming into agreement with God means coming into that unity, right? Is to believe God's word. To believe that God is who He says He is and He will do what He has said He will do. Amen? And that's what we want to see during these 40 days. Operate by exercising radical gratitude. And finally, it's not finally, I still got a couple of slides, but can you see this? Look at your paper here. This portion, right? Can you see the 12th? It says Saturday, right? If you have a pen with you or some writing implement, just move to the 11th. Because 12th is that the election day, right? So our prayer altar will be on Friday nights. Okay. For this 40 days, beginning today, we are launched today, right? We'll be closing on the 17th. This will be with a worship encounter here. Okay, we'll be closing with a worship encounter on the 17th of September. The prayer, prayer altars on Saturdays, apart from the 11th, 19, 26, 2, 9, and 16 will be the dominate altar as usual. 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Wednesdays, we'll be having uh, our prayer altars from 8.30 to 10. 8.30 to 10 p.m. So, one, two, three, for six Wednesdays. Six consecutive Wednesdays. This is only during the 40 days of fasting and prayer. So, Wednesdays, 8.30, both altars, okay? That means your Friday altar will also be at 8.30 this coming Friday, 8.30 to 10 p.m. Thursdays, Pastor Ferks will be doing prayer over his Instagram reel, IG reel. So that will be on Instagram. Yeah? Clear on this? Okay, so what was the change that you made? Awesome. All right, praise God. Now, I wanted to look the screen. Okay, if you turn your, your card around, there are two commitment references. Can you see that? The first one will be Deuteronomy 8.3. There's a small correction there. I commit to consecrate. So, C-O-N, the S is missing. So, you can just make that, uh, that, that correction there. 
consecrate myself. The other one is okay. The other one is okay. Matthew 6.10. Now, I want you to just spend a little time, okay? Just take a moment, a short while, to go through the words there, okay? When you are ready, I want you to, to get, stand on your feet when you are ready. I'm just going to ask the worship team to come up for a while. Uncle Vincent, sorry, I need you up here. Let's get to our feet then. We're going to worship the Lord a bit and we'll go into this commitment. Once we have made this commitment, I want you to commit to what you are decreeing to the Lord this morning. And I want you to sign those things, the cards that you're holding. Okay, I want you to sign it. It's between you and God. How you plan to fast. Okay. Deuteronomy 8.3 Are we all ready? Let's read it together and make this dedication to the Lord. I commit to consecrate myself through fasting from food during fixed intervals or from any other kind of excess throughout these 40 days. I enter this fast knowing that I do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, I commit to seek I commit to seek God with renewed faithfulness, deepen intimacy, sharpen attentiveness, and responsive intercession. This is my solemn covenant to pursue His kingdom's coming, His will being done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we have covenanted and committed to seeing this 40 days of fasting and prayer through. Your word says that we can do nothing except through you. Nothing that has eternal worth or purpose. And so, Father, we just ask that you empower us by your spirit. Anoint each one of us afresh to do your will. To see your power, your glory, your presence manifested in us, for us, and through us. Remove every hindrance. Remove everything that does not put into life and wholeness. Anything that you have not planted in our lives, in our families. Remove it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let those things be completely erased by the blood of Jesus. Let any voice accusing us or speaking against us, speaking things contrary to your word, be silenced by the voice of the blood of Jesus. Establish your word, your will, and your purpose in your church 
SIBKL at Sungai Bolo. In every one of your sons and daughters gathered here, even those that are connected with us online, and our families, Father, and those attached to us for good. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.